good afternoon, my friends. It's uh, Dr. Drill with the Making Motivation Podcast. Today is April 1st. Get a little stream of consciousness going here. Just getting out of the house. Had a couple patients on the schedule this morning. Either received a call or an email disclosing that they would not be making their appointment. Nobody's making appointments at this juncture, right? On the one hand, as a small business owner, I, on some level, take offense to that, or at least I'm, I mean, I certainly don't hold anything against the patients, but um, it's like, oh, this, you know, halting of our progress, all that is going back to the mundane, the insane mundane, right? We're going to game it. We're going to find a way to, to just, you know, get through the, uh, the drudgery of work and schedule and wake up and shower and stress and insurance companies and, you know, all the things that we used to complain about. And I'm not a big complainer, but they have been negated. And for the most of us, we are literally confined to our homes. There ain't a whole lot going on for our, the for our benefit, for the benefit of public health, other people, right? We have been advised to stay in our homes, and uh, it looks like we're talking for at least another 30 days, so another month sitting on our asses, passing by the little road construction there, some work on the telephone poles, it's it's such a freaking double-edged sword, man, like everything that I have ever done since I was a little boy has been about, and I watched my parents going off to work at the power company, my dad was a lineman. My mother worked at, a, at the local nuclear plant in our sleepy-ish Pine Barren town. And everything is about hard work and Friday nights, getting off, going camping, working on stuff around the house, you know, finally getting some free times. It's, it's that Americanism where we love to work, we love to earn, we love to talk about that. And we love to consume and, and, you know, try to squeeze in some sort of quality of life, some sort of fun at the end of the day, at the end of the week, you know, sit and have a beer. I remember sitting in, on the back porch. My dad would have a, he'd come home in his sweat-soaked Carhartt lineman outfits and his company shirts, and he would... Stripped down into a pair of cut-off dungarees, he called them, and would dive into the powerfully and gracefully into our backyard pool. Pool was one of those things. It's like, you know what? We're going to get a fucking pool. We're putting a pool in. Let's do it. And that pool provided us an oasis for many, many years. Jump in the pool, swim around, and then my parents would complain Mm -hmm. that... We did not um, 
use it enough and that they got it for us and everything's for you guys that's the whole other thing it's like we want to provide we want to raise families we want to so on and so forth right so that's all we're pro we're really programmed to do and there's that has faded a little bit but everyone is still in our society about you know earning and working and feeling productive and and now we're starting to feel we're starting to see how that is like it's a it's a an honor and a privilege to be able to do that sort of shit i don't want to work a little bit i don't want to see a patient here and there i want to take care of people man i want to be busy i want to be producing i want to be helping i want to be cashing checks And now, for the first time since I've gone out into the work world, say 25 years ago, I don't have, you know, I don't have the option. We're being told to sit at home. It ain't just me that's, that's not a unique circumstance for me. I know people who are lawyers and doctors and dentists and, um, restaurateurs and servers and construction guys and gals that are all out of work right now or their projects have been delayed, impacted, put on hold. Some people who are essential personnel, cops and EMTs and nurses and and I'm in healthcare but uh, you know it's kind of extra. It's like oh my back hurts. Your back doesn't hurt right now compared to all the other concerns you got, right? I mean, everybody would like an adjustment, but every time we go out, we are told that we are taking a risk and that we shouldn't do that. We should avoid that because we could be putting ourselves at risk and others and you really start to follow some of these uh, things about the the risk that we can pose to others. You know, you're reading shit out there that's saying, "Hey, well, you know, if you go out, you know, if, if you know, if you were to be diagnosed with COVID today, coronavirus today, and you had to write down a list of all the places you've been over the past month, would you be proud of that list?" They're trying to, you know, it's a cautionary tale. We have no idea who's carrying this virus. I could go out just now, got my prescriptions at CVS. I'm going to stop at my house, check the mail, maybe stop at Tractor Supply on my way home to get some supplies. And along my path, there are people. And... I'm not hugging or shaking hands with any of them. Maybe the risk is a little bit overblown, but the the rates keep rising. Have I already been exposed to this? I mean, you hear about, uh, you see these posts online. Well, somebody that works at um, the shop right in Smithtown tested positive. Well, then everybody's like, fuck, I can't go to that shop, right? Who else has it there? I'm shopping there. Are they touching my bags? Are they, are they, uh, you know, filling my order, uh, holding a door for me? Uh, did they touch the cart that I'm pushing around? Everybody's fucking flipping out. 
I'm not necessarily, but anyway, the notion that you would go home and expose the people that you love. I mean, my, my wife has not, has barely left the house. A couple shopping trips. My kids have not left the house. Other than to go on a few walks here and there. And we just told some, you know, friend, family member that we would not be He's like, oh yeah, can we get together maybe and hang out a little bit? We'll get some takeout and and see each other over the weekend. We're like, ah, not a good idea. I'm like saying no to the guy, you know? I'm like saying that we talked to some good friends, my wife's cousins the other day, great people. And they're like, uh, well, you know, maybe we could get together. And I'm thinking maybe we could have them come over and we could sit in, uh, our, in our yard and have a nice meal on a beautiful day, have a couple beers and then go home. But you're almost reluctant to do that. You are reluctant. You're shamed almost if you were to do that. So these are the things that are going on. They're going through my mind and everyone's mind. Um, this morning I spent about an hour filing for unemployment. Uh, yep, they are apparently accepting self-employed people for unemployment. You can apply. I've got some feelers out as well for um, this CARES Act business forgivable business loan paycheck protection program. This legislation that has just come out is being interpreted and. Uh, you know, by tax professionals and lawyers and shit and trying to help people, right? But it's trickling out. We're all trying to figure out how to respond, what to do, gathering the application materials, what have you. So I'm going to do like everybody's doing, I assume. I'm going to take everything I can get. I'd like to invite my front desk staff back. I'd like to think that within a month, it'll be okay for me to treat patients and that patients would justify coming in for care. But everybody's really scared right now because there doesn't seem to be much hope in terms of a cure or declining levels of of people contracting this. I mean, now we've been told, I watched uh, the news and the... Trump yesterday got up talking about how uh, you know we can expect at least a hundred thousand people to die from this pandemic, and it sounds like that's conservative. It sounds like we're talking more like two hundred fifty thousand people. That's the number between 100 and 250,000 people potentially die from the coronavirus. It's pretty fucking scary, man. You know, it's scary for those people. Anybody who might be even slightly at risk. 
and all those people have families, and many of them have jobs, and you know we're still we're still thinking that it's you know going to affect the older people more. Most middle-aged folks who are relatively healthy, they can't even imagine. They're like, oh well, it might not affect me, but such and such is at risk. Sounds like it could affect anybody. So all the things that we're bitching about right now with our livelihoods and economy and inconveniences and the luxury of earning and and producing something. Things we're complaining about now will be the least of our concerns if we were to be contracting this thing and be sequestered from our families in some fucking hospital, right? And of course, you know, there's still, there's still uh, different grades of, um, and degrees of belief. People still think that this is not going to affect them. They're still not concerned about it. I mean, more and more are. People are talking about, I have some friends, I love them dearly, and I've said this before perhaps, but they're talking about their rights, and oh, nobody's going to tell me to stay in the house. Shit like that. Which is absolutely crazy, right? Because we would we would be doing this if you did stay in the house, if your job was canceled for the time being, if the schedule did fall to shit in any workplaces that are currently open, if, uh, let's say, a project, somebody told me that the work on the turnpike has been halted for the time being, if somebody told you that your job on the turnpike was canceled right now, that ain't no, ain't nothing personal, man, if you think that the people, the powers that be that have those contracts for road construction and building construction and so on and so forth. You think anybody wants to put their lives on hold? That is not the case. Everybody wants business as usual right now. And it looks like we're not going to see that anytime soon. And it is an absolute. This is surreal, man. It's surreal. You know, there's this page that I have subscribed to my town in New Jersey that I grew up in, Lacey Township, and, you know, somebody posted, oh, everybody, anybody identify this building? And they're like, oh, that's the old fish shack or whatever. Some sort of um, seafood restaurant back in the day, 70s, you know, 60s, 70s, 80s. Oh, I remember this building at the marina. Oh, yeah, the people that owned that were the nicest folks. The old time that where, you know, we had our problems, but businesses were open, communities were flourishing, interacting, schools were open, and the least of our concern was an airborne virus. This is something out of a sci-fi movie or book or whatever. It really is. Is like sci-fi come to roost. Absolutely crazy. It's crazy that we 
how quickly the days pass. It's one o'clock, and I spent a couple hours on the internet this morning trying to sort some things out. I said I applied for unemployment, and I'm doing some teaching, and I'm trying to reach out to people I care about, and trying to maintain, you know, some sense of normalcy for my family and for myself in that order. It is very interesting time right now. Very, very interesting. There ain't a whole lot going on. I'm parked in the office here, backed up, because I'm going to take some of these logs that my friend dropped off for me to carve. And I'll tell you, I don't really have much inspiration to carve. Now I have all this time, but I almost feel like a little bit intimidated. Like, am I going to go out there and with chainsaws and grinders and make things and I'll feel so fulfilled, but I also feel like I'd be taking a bit of a risk playing with power tools at a time where if I wound up in the hospital, um, and was no longer able-bodied or um, needed to consume any sort of health care for some frivolous bullshit, some art, artistic endeavor. How bad would I feel? How crazy would that be, you know? It's not the time for any to take to assume any risks whatsoever because you can land yourself in even hotter water, right? So absolutely fucking nuts. So, so I'm going to shift gears and, and go to an analogy. I've been watching, we have been watching a show called Alone. It's, it's from the History Channel. And it's about ten individuals who are dropped off on Vancouver Island. And it's beautiful, you know. Freaking ferns and giant cedar trees and flora and fauna everywhere, you know. And it's just beautiful. The thing is, people, the, the, the innovations that you see these men and women, they, one guy's making a canoe and he's using all these, uh, you know, indigenous methods to make a canoe and building things. And they must have told these people that, hey, look, you need to be able to make a shelter. You need to be able to uh, get food. You need to be able to make a trap. We're going to give you this, this particular gear and you're going to use that to do whatever. And that's awesome. You know, everybody, you tell that they prepped before they went out there. They learned how to build a basic lean-to and how to get water, how to you know, we did some research on what the edible shit was on the island. But anyway, they're on this island and shit's happening. They're getting, their boots are getting wet and they're going hungry and they're not catching fish and uh, the winds are coming in and it rains all the time. And they're dealing with all the things, they're occupying their time, oh, excuse me, a lot of their time with just basic necessities. Get a roof over my head get some food in my belly, get some, stay hydrated. But what is sending a lot of these contestants off the island, they have a satellite phone. They can just call up and be like, I'm out of here. Get me out of here. You know, one of them got injured, hit her, hit her hand with it. She's like a smoke jumper from Alaska. 
It's a pretty gritty lady. She got a, um, hurt her hand with an axe. So she hit the emergency beacon. A couple others called out and said, hey, just get me out of here. And a couple of the ones that have left so far, they're fucking unbelievably talented. Like, an experience with their knowledge. It's inspiring, the things that they're making. And their ability to, to actually survive. But what's sending them off this island is isolation from other people. Is being alone. With their own thoughts. Missing their wives and their kids. Uh, or feeling selfish in a way because... They have to, um, uh, they're out there doing this thing and they've demonstrated that they can live off the land, which is something they always wanted to do, but, you know, there's, it's not life. It's not, it's not, um, correct. It's not the way to, to live as a human being. This one guy said, that if civilization ended and he was the last person on the war, on the Earth's surface, he don't he doesn't think that he would do it. I guess that means that he would probably kill himself because we are social creatures and we thrive on um, our interactions with other people. So. That's interesting. It's it's an interesting show. I don't feel like it's too gritty to uh, be watching at this juncture. I feel like it's interesting, and um, it, it, but it's definitely applicable to right now. We might all have roofs over our heads and and running tap water and uh, groceries with food on the shelves that we can still pay for, and we've got the government trying to help us. And other countries that are dealing with this pandemic are going to be hit so much harder. And have so much less help. And who knows, it could get a lot worse before it gets better here. I sense it will. But, we have one another. Even though we're isolated from our, our workforces and our, and our, our clients and um, our jobs in many cases. Our kids with their school and their teachers, you know, there's things that they're going to miss because this is part of their routine. It's been taken away. So we're denying ourselves as a civilization. You know, like I, I heard uh, Fauci say uh, yesterday, he's like, yeah, you know, the thing is like hugs and, and handshakes and stuff like that. Just let that go for now. That's, that's, we're not doing that anymore. Holy shit. I've always described myself as a, a handshake guy. Somebody who, like my, like declaring that my integrity is good. I can be relied upon. I can be a good friend. If I say I'm going to do something, I do it. Based upon my looking you in the eye and shaking your hand, it's like a promise that will be kept on your integrity. And that's a huge part of being American, I feel. You're going to find that, you know, I've even been watching some some shows and whatnot where people are, when they greet one another and they, there's love there, they, it's a big hug and a kiss and, and handshakes all around, you know, we got a deal, right? I was watching them, so that's good, it's on, it's a loan, it's on Amazon Prime if you have it, and 
there is also, um, I was, we were watching Impractical Jokers the other day, which is funny as hell, but a lot of the things that they do, the jokes that they tell and the pranks that they pull involve being inside somebody's personal space, like violating their personal space. And they had a, the guys talking on the microphone, talking in the ear of the guy who's, who's on the stage essentially. Uh, they'll say, uh, he's out in the marketplace and say, okay, go like they were at a, um, uh, wave, uh, like a, like a, uh, a water slide complex. And they're out there and everybody's hanging out in the wave pool and waiting for their kids. And the, the prank was, you're going to go over there and sneeze and you're going to grab the woman who's wrapped up in the towel she's standing there watching her kids and you're going to sneeze into grab her towel and sneeze into the back of it it's like holy fucking shit the way that we violate uh, or that we routinely operate uh, intimately with one another that is a human thing and here we've got this microbe that denies us that opportunity. It's almost like one step away. It's actually it's not a step away from it, but I was thinking when I was playing this video game the other day as part of my anatomy teaching, I recommended they download this video, which is called uh, Pandemic or something like that. There's shitloads of it for free on your phone. You go on Google Play or Apple, whatever. And these games, they allow you to basically look at at an overview of the world. So you see all the countries and you see all the, the little planes flying and, you know, um, the population, as the population starts to become infected by this critter, a virus in our case, it starts to pulse red and there's outbreaks over here and if it mutates or does this or that, you can make the virus spread, you can also fix it. You can generate a cure. But watching it all play out is very interesting. And one of the things you can do to, to your microbe is you can designate a mode of transmission. So it could be airborne, could be via blood, could be vector-borne, so a mosquito carries it around or something. Um, or it could be sexually transmitted. And that was one of the problems with AIDS, HIV AIDS, right? is that it was a sexually transmitted disease, and so people aren't fooling around, right? They're reluctant to be close to one another, let alone have sex. And so think about the distance that this is putting between us, many of us, um, in that regard. And consider that show alone and how there are consequences to our... Um, isolation, social isolation is a, I think that there are diagnosis codes, psychological diagnosis codes that are related to that. You know, like people who are afraid of, you know, uh, the marketplace or, or being around other people. Uh, what do we call that? Um, agoraphobia, fear of the marketplace. Fear of being among a bunch of people. 
panic attacks in social settings for various reasons. And they're also, look at everybody's fucking coming by. Everybody's driving by has got masks on their faces. Jesus Christ. Then, um, you know, so there's agoraphobia where you don't want to be around a lot of people. And there are also, when you start to take people away from others and generate, you know, a distance, this, uh, hey, another thing I could tell you a story about this. I'm watching, strangely enough, uh, I'm watching the Unabomber documentary. And part of the reason why Ted Kaczynski, uh, they say one of the reasons why he was so fucked up is because when he was a kid, he was very sick and he had to go and he was left for a week or a couple weeks in the hospital. And parents said that the doctors are like, all right, listen, you're not doing any good here. Just, you can visit twice a week during these times. And so the boy felt very isolated from his parents and from the people that he loved. And they said he wasn't quite the same uh, after that. He was he, arguably because he was not getting the love and the nourishment that he needed. Um, and that's why, part of the reason why he was in, went insane and was anti-establishment and so on and so forth. So, just some things that I'm considering right now because, I mean, I'm fortunate and I'm happy to be with my family uh, they're the ones that I love most, and I'm breaks my heart that I'm unable to go into the office as often as I would like. My schedule is not full, and I'm unable to sit stand in front of my students and teach them the way that I normally would prefer. But uh, you know. It could always be worse. And we're all dealing with it right now. And I just tell everybody to, to hang in there. Love and respect. Kick ass and take names. And hopefully this shit passes very soon. And we will all have learned. I don't know. Several months later. Six months. A year later. We will all have learned uh, a valuable lesson about how well we have it. But may all life as we know it resume at some point. Right? That'd be fucking nice. had a final thought it'll come to me love and respect my friends have a great day